T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Dolphins fifth quarter show on the Miami Dolphins radio network. Dolphins football on the Miami Dolphins radio network is sponsored by Ticketmaster, official marketplace of the NFL. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com slash Dolphins. Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood, South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination. Rubenstein Law, 1-800-FL-LEGAL. Chevron with Tecron, Chevron, together ahead. Totino's Pizza Rolls. Take home gating to the next level. It's Totino's or game over. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show brought to you by the Palm Beaches. In season or off season, you and your car make a great team. Take care of it with Chevron with Tecron for unbeatable cleaning and mileage. It is a winning play. Chevron together ahead. And the Dolphins fall in week number five, two, one, and four with a 45-17 loss in Tampa Bay to the defending world champions as Tom Brady throws for four touchdown passes. Check that five touchdown passes. I think he just threw for another one as the Dolphins fall in this one for their fourth straight loss of the season. And on our side, the quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, which ideally, I'm not going to bag him for today's appearance, but ideally this was his last start for the Miami Dolphins because you hopefully get Tua Tungavailoa back next week and he can play out the string and, and give you some quality quarterback play. But today I thought that was not the problem. 27 for 39, 275 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Of course, that one was not his fault. We have Jacoby Brissett's media right now from the postgame. Check that. We do not have the audio for that. We're going to come back to Jacoby's uh, pr- uh, postgame press conference. But he had some some stuff to say there about, uh, or his performance rather, had some stuff to say about how this offense, I thought maybe, you know, Brian Flores was the one I was referring to with, with the direction he went there uh, after the game talking about some stuff to build on there. And, Seth, I want to go to you for this. O- offensively, you know, outside of Jacoby and what the offense did, we saw the offensive line shake up. You talk about the receiver production, maybe the running back spot. I, was there something you thought you saw in this game that you can build off of going forward? Well, yeah, I'll start with the offensive line. I mean, they they looked like they were serviceable today. It was, it's unbelievable the difference that, again, that whole – you can go back and let me know after you watch the All-22. But just making the flop with Eichenberg and Jackson – it looked like a different offensive line to me, Juice. Yeah. And, and there were still some things. One thing I really – and I – you know, the last thing I'll ever do is evaluate specific offensive line play. It does seem like our tackles seem to struggle. Those edge rushers there, Travis, 
We talked about it as a couple of times where it looks like they're blocking inside out, and that's different than what I would expect. And, you know, I don't know that any of us are the, the experts on offensive line play, but that is a little bit curious to me. But they looked more effective today. Uh, you know, Jacoby wasn't getting obliterated till late in the game where Tampa had nothing to worry about. So that, I thought, was something to build upon, and you want them to be a little bit more solidified if Tua is going to come back coming off of that rib injury. Miles Gaskin showed that he can be an important player, continues to show he can be an important player for this offense. People on Twitter are going nuts about the running game. Who has run the ball well against Tampa Bay in the last three years? 2.7 yards allowed per carry coming into the game. Yes, I don't want to hear that. You talked about, (laughs) Travis, there were two teams this year that literally didn't run the ball. Right, the Patriots, yeah, and I think week. somebody else didn't run the ball against Tampa. So I don't want to hear about the running game. I thought when they needed to pick up, you know, those third and one, third, you know, third and twos, they picked those up, Juice. But Miles Gaskin, I thought showed, and certainly in the passing game, he can be effective. I like seeing Preston back. I like to see yeah. Preston back a little bit, making some plays. I can't count on Devontae Parker anymore. No, I'm sorry. Can't do it. This was going to be his game. Everyone talked about we need to get him the ball more. Jacoby said we're starting to, you know, we're, we're really building upon this. And then he wasn't out there. Another hamstring injury. I, I love watching the guy play. But I can't count on him, and I was glad to see Preston come up and step up a little bit. Yeah, you, I'm glad you mentioned the fact that teams don't run on the Buccaneers at all because I actually had a chance to ask Coach Flores this week if there was – and maybe Juice can kind of follow up on this, but if there was some value to still committing to the running game, even though you're not having success, I mean, we talk all the time about, you know, being two-dimensional and, and having balance and all that stuff. And Flores basically, and this is a departure again from what he normally would say, just said, I don't know if you want to run into a brick wall, Travis. If you want to do it yourself, go for it. I mean, feel free, but <laughs> probably not going to feel too good. So I kind of have my answer there. And I thought we saw that play out in this game. But Juice, you talked about a player in this game that you wanted to point to as someone that played well, and, and Seth alluded to it there in his, his uh, answer to my question and it's it's not in the running game for Miles Gaskin but rather in the passing game he did have five rushes for 25 yards but he was targeted 10 times in the passing game and that was let's see Gesicki had seven targets Preston had five and Waddle had six so almost more than double than every other pass catcher on the football team for 74 yards and two touchdowns you liked Miles Gaskin's game today did you OJ? I, I always do I always like what Miles does man he, he does he does what he does out there every single week man you can tell about the the work that he puts in the preparation he goes out there and he's a guy that actually probably executes as much as the you know coach talks about you know from going from preparation all week and then executing on Sunday um yeah, I, I honestly I, I love the fact that he got so many touches today. He, he probably should have got more in the run game. He only ran the ball nine times today, you know. And there was a four point three yard clip there, Big Seth. So that's not that's not a bad thing. So, so the reason you want to the reason you want to run the ball some is so you don't give Tom Brady keep him on the field all the time. Yeah. We don't run it at all. We don't run any clock, and we're three and outs and a lot of passes. You're gonna get a forty five spot put up on you. So we've always talked about it. It's always been it's like a cliche. In order to beat Tom Brady, keep him on the bench. Can't keep him on the bench. We throw the ball around the yard and, and drop passes and incomplete passes, stopping the clock, you know, and things like that. Turn it over, short fields. So, um, yeah, Miles, man, I love him. I love what he's doing. You know, I, I hate to see our, our running back leading the, leading the team in receptions and, and targets, but it just tells you where we're at right now when you got guys that, you know, Miles is there every single week. You got other guys that come in week in, week out. You don't know who's going to be the guy. So, now, the fact that he had the 10 grabs, 74 yards, and a couple of scores were, were huge. And and, and, you, and we talked a little bit about Jacoby. I mean, Jacoby, 
he he almost missed that one yard touchdown pass. That was he made that tougher than it had to be. <laughs> Two weeks in a row we've yeah. seen that. Yeah, last yeah. week too. I mean the wheel route was beautiful. That touchdown pass was absolutely was, was beautiful. And you made a comment earlier, Travis, that I meant to say something about Waddle had that one behind him. Jacoby really missed that one. Yeah. I know we had the pick play anyways, no matter what, it was coming back, which is a terrible, which is unbelievable to me that every team picks us, but we get called for. He just ran the route, bro. It's terrible. It's so bad. But at the same time, though, gotta catch the rock. That and, ball should have been and, on and him. Make the throw. Yeah. That ball should have been on him. He's how, going how out the back door. How tough is that, door. OJ, to, to run full speed in one direction and the ball's off the back hoop? That, that's tough. That's a tough. Well, not catch, only right? that, what, what you don't also see is you don't you know, the ball. You see the ball so late because it's coming through these big guys all the mm, time. When you run that shallow crosser, you know, and you get a fastball at you, it had some hot sauce. Yeah, on it, didn't and it? it's behind you. It's it's hard Sloppy. to react to those, man. Yeah, <laughs> we're professional guys. It, you know, supposed to catch the ball, but at the same time, though, when you throw a fastball like that behind me and I'm wide open. You're really looking forward to the front. You can run out the back door and back into that. That's a tough grab. But, you know, we they get paid for that. But that ball should have been on him regardless of the penalty call. And that, that really plays into your point about time of possession. 37 minutes again for the Buccaneers in this game, T.O.P. And that's – I talked about it with Seth before you got here into the station. Those are the types of plays that – the small details that end up killing you and take away your shot for big shot plays down the field for the big chunk plays to convert and stay on schedule because all of a sudden that second and four because you short hopped a six yard curl route in first and ten that they gave you because they're in cover three and they say go ahead we'll trust that you'll make enough of these mistakes throughout the course of the game that we'll give that to you you short hop that all of a sudden second ten maybe you run the ball you go for a yard or two and all of a sudden you're in third and long where you don't want to be so it's just those little details those little mistakes that happen and you know coach talked about the penalties were not the case this time around but they had enough of those mistakes I thought offensively defensively and in the kicking game Seth to make this just not work out because once again too many things too many little things not done well create one big problem for a football team that can't get off the ground four straight losses now yeah and when you're playing a team that is when there's that much of a disparity in record and and no one likes to think about uh, hey this isn't college ball and this team's going to be that much better than us you want to think we're all professionals any given Sunday that whole thing but the reality is it is the defending Super Bowl champs they're coming into the game uh, you know three and one and you're one and three you you gotta play close to perfectly right you can't have those you certainly can't have the turnovers you can't have too many penalties so I agree with you on that but golly you got to get off the field yeah gotta get off the field Yeah, you know it's so it's so funny because it looks like, you know, when I saw Bakes, you know, body language, our guys really. Like, I remember us as an offense, how bad we were towards the end. Our guys kind of showed it on the sideline. I remember JT and them looking at me funny on the sideline, <laughs> but they went back out on the field and they still went out there and performed, knowing that the offense wasn't holding up there into the bargain. You know, so you know you can tell that the defense is getting frustrated with the way the offense is playing at times and and, and vice versa, man. And like you talk about Travis over and over and over again, and Coach Flo talks about complimentary football. There's there's nothing going. Even even our punt game isn't what it needs to be right now. There's a lot of things that we're it's not crazy. doing well as a professional team. Yeah. So Juice, you know, you just mentioned JT, and I, I think about the season. Nick Saban's first year here. Channing Crowder tells a great story. JT talked about it on the Fish Tank when he was on with us, and they went out and laid an egg against Cleveland. And at that point in time, you can't lay an egg against Cleveland. Right. And they did. And JT came in and basically flipped the locker room upside down, went off on everybody, talked about not quitting, and that if anybody didn't want to play, they could leave now, don't come home with the team, and he would pay their salary the rest of the season. Now, I don't know who would say that on this team, but what does that do 
does a speech like that from the right guy get guys fired up? Because you talk about looking in the mirror. I think they need to watch the film and watch the body language and see what happened here. But but seriously, I know everyone gives me a hard time about wanting to look ahead at this point in time. But what a guy, I, I feel like somebody's got to step up. Leaders need to step up and hold people accountable. You talked about having a player-only right. meeting. Something's got to happen. Something needs to change. Who, who's the right guy on this team now? You know I mean? Because when you're, when you you look at the guys you think are the right guys, and they're out there not performing very well. Well, right, I would say Xavier Howard, right, yeah. is the guy who could do right. it. And I don't know if that's his personality, exactly but this right. is not we know the game. it's not Byron's personality, Nobody wants right? to hear it from him this game. Really quiet guys. So do we have guys that will step up there that, you know, that have to perform as well and be able to be the guy that will, you know, rip up a, you know, turn over a locker room? I don't, I don't see it, especially when everybody down the line – Miles Gaskin, you know he's not that guy. Right. You know me. He's to me, a, it's the two guys that we talked about that had the biggest, the toughest game today. It was Jerome Baker and Eric Rowe. Correct. And, and if you're talking about how the example has to be there too, right? Yep. That's what you're exactly saying. right. Because you cannot go in there and say anything. And if you look at the well, film, then nobody you're wants like, to hear it. Nobody look wants at to hear it, man. That's <laughs> a fair <laughs> point. Well, so this is also interesting. You know, there was a lot of talk about the captains that were selected uh, at the beginning of the season. Mm. And, and I thought way too much was made about Tua because if you look at all of the players, these are guys that were special teams guys. You get like a Matt Collins or, you know, you get a Jesse Davis where these are serviceable guys who people respect because of their professionalism, their approach to the game. But they're not guys that are going out there and winning games for you on their own. And does that hurt you now? Because now when you're looking for someone to step up and someone to be a leader. And, I again, this is no disrespect to any of those guys who were voted as captains because they were voted by their teammates. But somebody's got to step up and hold this thing together. I can't, it can't just be the coaches. Right. It, it, it's, it's, like I said, that's why I was wondering who in this team are the guys that you look up to and that you want to rally behind. And, and who in the team can actually get up in front of a you know, bunch of grown men and make some statements and some comments to try to rally the troops when they're not out there performing themselves. That's, I feel like it's deal. X, but this is not the game. He, he just can't do it this week. Well, I mean, he, he actually can, but he's got to start off with, I had a terrible day. No, you're right. That's a you, good you point. You can actually do that. Point. You got to start off with, man, today was obviously I didn't do my job today. Exactly right. One. Now, you know, and I, I promise I won't have another week like that again. We all have to be, you know, such mean, a great point. Together. That's, how, that's how you do it. Would right that there. get the attention of guys? I think it would. If, if, I think if, it would. X, who is Superman to that roster, says, I let you down. Right. And yeah. that's not going to happen again. But what are the rest of you going to do? And he can get there and he can say that. And then this whole week of practice, he's got to show that as well. Right. You know? Attention to detail, you know, whatever he's got to do a little extra, maybe be more, a little more vocal out there yeah. during practice. You know, our whole defense was vocal. You think about our guys back oh, in the day, you it. couldn't shut them up. <laughs> all you hear was chirping on the other side, man, because they, they were all leaders. It. They were all really good leaders, man, and they were all accountable. And they, when they didn't play well, they let it be known that they didn't play well. Right. You know, these guys right here, they seem like they get really quiet. They shrink, you know, when it gets time, when it's time to start talking about it or out there trying to play. And so I bet it's going to be – it should be a, a quiet plane ride or bus ride or whatever ride home. But, you know, walk. at the same time, though, yeah, it should be a long, quiet walk, <laughs> you know, in the park. They're probably home by now, to be honest <laughs> yeah, with you. Yeah. you know. but, but at the same time, though, they need somebody that's performing to either be their top guy that didn't perform well to say I messed up, but, you know, it's gonna, I'm going to make it better. I'm going to play better. They need somebody to step up and be that guy. Well, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, Xavier Howard's possible set-the-tone type of mentality because he can kind of be the one that does set the tone throughout the course of practice this week. He's a pretty mild-mannered guy, so you talk about talking more. 
any talking would probably be more talking for Xavier Howard. He doesn't talk a whole lot. That'll so. probably mean a lot and if he probably, did. Exactly. Carries more weight when you do say something, right? Yeah. Speaking of talking, we're going to have Jacoby Brissett's post-game press conference coming up here after the break. Get your new Kia with Gunther Plus at Gunther Kia or online at GuntherKia.com. That's right. Be like Seth Levitt. He drives a Kia. Love my For car buying yeah, done your way, you got to get to Gunther. Again, the final score from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay. Buccaneers 45, Dolphins 17. You're listening to the fifth quarter, fifth quarter post-game show on the Miami. Miami Dolphins Radio Network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. Sherm Smythe flying to the far right, and I think that's Sherman trying to cover him out there. Back to throw, Brissett. Nice. Oh, wide open receiver, touchdown! Gaskin, no one was around him. He ran a wheel route, and I think they must have had a pick on it because you don't get that wide well, open. Jimmy, let, let, let's start with the pass protection. Boy, Jacoby Brissett said, I haven't had this much time to throw. I've been the starting quarterback here. Boy, he was wide open. 24-yard touchdown pass there to, to Miles Gaskin from Jacoby Brissett, and we actually have Jacoby Brissett at the podium postgame right now for his postgame press conference. Uh, I mean, we had our chance, you know. Uh, just tough to tough loss, uh, you know, after, you know, but we got to find a way to bounce back and, and move forward. Uh, go watch the film and, and find the things that we did good. Do those more, the things that we didn't do good, do those less. You said you wanted to depart and then come back. What was the, that process like? Uh, I went and came back, and that was the process. <laughs> yeah, kept going. Your teammates are raving about your toughness and what you did in the locker room setting up to come to the offensive line. Where does all of that come from? Uh, I guess for my love of the game, uh, love for my teammates, love for this, uh, love for the sport. Uh, and, and it comes with, with everything that I believe in. I mean, I wouldn't do it for somebody to say something to you guys, for you guys to know, but that's just who I am. Uh, and, um, yeah, no, I mean, I just I just love everything about it. Uh, I had just to, to go to the locker room and then come back out. Uh, I had to go do something. Oh, not a chance. Yeah, not a chance. Uh, I thought he did did a great job today. Uh, you know, and, and his role is obviously expanded, and you see him catching balls down the field. I think he, um, you know, made a lot of plays for us. Uh, we've got to find ways to continue to 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 get him the ball, and um, you know, I thought he did a great job. Oh, yeah, 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 because I didn't want to run, and I could just get on the car and get there faster. Yeah, obvious. Yeah. <laughs> so the car was about convenience, not injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I still was playing, so clearly convenience. Well, you yeah. Well, you I, saw me out there. I don't know, the guys in the car. Oh, yeah, for convenience. Huh? For convenience. Okay. All right. Let's go. You guys have won it for. You know, you go one game at a time. What's the belief in this locker room that you guys can start uh, I think it just goes back to practice, uh, you know, and, and believing on what, what we're doing. Uh, obviously, you know, I mean, the cliche is early in the season, but it really is. Uh, you know, we got a lot of football ahead of us, and we can't 
we can't focus so much on the results as far as just more so getting better each week, in which I think we are. I'm not continue to say it, but we actually are getting better. And then, then they'll start to pile up when they start to pile up. Uh, you know, I think we got the right group of guys that understand that. Hey, you know, this wasn't. We didn't sign up for an easy task. Uh, it's not like everybody was saying that the Miami Dolphins are going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, but you know, I think we got the right amount of the right guys, the right men, uh, the right coaches. Uh, you know, then we're continue to, to learn each other and put each other in the right positions and, and uh, you know and and make plays. So uh, you know, I think that's the process, and I think that's what we're doing. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was. It was no different. I mean, only thing was George was on the headset, uh, but that was about it. Uh, you know, it was the same type of communication that we've had all year. Um, so, yeah. That's not my call. You didn't ask a question. <laughs> Your post is the same? Oh, for sure. No question. Was there a concerted effort to spread the ball? Because you had so many different receivers you were looking at today. Was that a concerted effort or just that a place came to you? Uh, I think it was a mixture of both. Uh, you know, we put a lot of different guys in different positions. Uh, you know, obviously having Preston out there, he made a bunch of plays for us. But um, yeah, I mean, I think the, the the effort was to find ways to get everybody the ball, get everybody involved. Uh, and um, you know, I thought we did that uh, at times. Uh, obviously, got to make more plays and and continue to find ways to get these guys the ball. There's a play where it looked like you, you saw Miles in the flat, you worked off of him, and then went back to him like right as the pop kick was collapsing. Did you actually see him when you threw that ball? Yeah, yeah. From our angle, it just it looked like the ball just kind of popped out. Oh, no, I saw him. Yeah, the one to the right, right? Yeah. Down in there. Yeah, I saw him. What did I mean, you speak to the role that he played today? I mean, I think he had our 11 targets. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, he just, he's, that's who he is, you know, as a guy that works hard, uh, you know, and it's, 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 it's evident that his work is starting to show. Uh, you know, obviously getting him the ball in space, and he was making a lot of plays for us. Obviously, like like that, you know, I mean, he's just he's just a dependable guy, uh, and, and uh, that's what you want as a quarterback and as a teammate. Last question. How did you feel as far as like uh, just being in sync with your guys down there? It just it felt like you had like 120 yards in the first quarter. It felt like you were. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I mean, I know contrary to what you guys think, but we we actually are getting better, and uh, you know, we are finding our spots, and we're finding the guys that can can do what, what I can do uh, in this offense, and, and, and we're starting to, to build on that. And, and uh, as the season goes on, that's what you continue to, you hope to happen is you continue to just keep building and building and building. Thank you. So, Seth, I want to come to you here first off of the Jacoby Brissett after the game, uh, post-game press conference there because there was a couple of things that he said that really kind of caught my my attention and talking about being one and four, how it's early in the season, a lot of football ahead of us, to not focus on the results, but rather the work they put in. And he says they're showing improvement every week, talks about building upon the offensive performance there. I want to talk about that, but did I hear him say that nobody expected the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl this year? Did I hear that right? He did. He did say that. I think that um, 
You hate to hear that, right? Because that should be the goal for every team. Weird. Jacksonville should have, you know, the goal should have been let's want, you know, and and maybe that's not realistic, but I, that's fine. He said that it is an interesting comment. That's not really my issue. Uh, I understand the things that Jacoby was saying. I get that he did not want to publicly say that the sky is falling sure. or that Rome is burning, and and that's cool. You know, that's fine. Steady the course. Try and maybe take control of your own media to some extent. But I do hope, Juice, I do hope that he is a little bit more concerned when he's talking to his teammates. Yeah. I do hope that he's trying to light a fire. And this sounds like, by the way, this sounds like to me a guy who's preparing to start next week. All right, and I'm not uh, this again. This is not a quarterback controversy comment. I'm just saying in Jacoby Brissett's mind, from what I'm hearing, he feels like he's a, he, he he said he was a starter. We heard that earlier when he first played against, uh, I guess, in the Buffalo game, and he just said that he's finding his rhythm. Guys are finding out the way I like to play. It sounds to me like he's planning, preparing, expecting to start next week, and and I guess that is the way he should prepare, Juice. Right. But I really do hope that he's lighting a fire under somebody's ass on that offensive. Well, number two should always prepare like a starter, no matter what. Even if it is, if even if even if two is back, you know, number two is always really one play away from being Man, that guy that's it. in the game. You know, so you know, I go, I can look at. I hate to say it, look at my the Penn State game yesterday. Our number one goes down. Number two had no clue. Right. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's like so that 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 those reps right there are, are terrible when you expect. When you don't expect to get in the game, you're going to be in trouble in this league, um, and it's, it really happens really fast because you don't have the depth or the you know or, or the players behind it. What I'm thinking too, though, you know, with with Brissett is I don't know how, you know, we, we heard coach talk about in the presser how two or through on Wednesday and Friday probably skip Thursday, maybe soreness or just to take a break from it. It's still going to be hard for two to come back yeah. right now. Flores and, mentioned that too. Cracked ribs, man. It's, it's, it's about pain tolerance. It's 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 beyond that at times when it comes to cracked ribs. So, you know, the healing process takes as long as it takes, no matter what. You know, you can try to speed it up as much as possible. The pain problem is one thing. But, man, for that position, the exposure your ribs get as a quarterback, you know, don't think that, you know, Jacksonville, whoever we play after that, are going to be looking to get have a rib sandwich. You know what I mean? <laughs> a McRib? Yeah, they, 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 they will target whatever it is, man, and they're going to make sure they try to hit him yeah. and hit him and hit him, you know, and, and force, you know, Jacoby back in the, into the game. So he should prepare like he's going to play Big Seth because it's probably a good chance that he is going to play this week. Interesting. Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I guess we'll find out on Wednesday when uh, Flores dresses the media and if two is at a practice and how much he's at practice, whether he's a full participant or limited or whatever the case may be, uh, coming off the injured reserve possibly this week for Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. We're going to talk more about that offense here on the other side of the break. We'll also get to the drive of the game. Get your new Kia with Gunther Plus at Gunther Kia or online at GuntherKia.com. For car buying done your way, you got to get to Gunther. Again, the final score, Dolphins 17, Buccaneers 45. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. This is Miami Dolphins football on the Miami Dolphins radio network. Dolphins games always play here in Miami. AM 560, FM 99.9, HD2, The Joe, WQAM. It's time for Dolphins football parties. 
take home getting to the next level with hot and delicious Totina's Pizza Rolls. And it's time for the drive of the game. The Lexus drive of the game is brought to you by your South Florida Lexus dealers who encourage you to experience amazing. And it was capped off by this touchdown pass from Jacoby Brissett to Miles Gaskin. Miles Gaskin, the running back. Trips to the left. Back to throw. Blitz coming. Oh, they get him. it off. Touchdown. There you go. Miles Gaskin was wide open. Free blitzer, no problem. Jacoby Brissett just puts a little air under for Miles Gaskin. Runs into the end zone. His second touchdown reception of the day. Well, Miles Gaskin, guys, has had a really, really good football game. We forget how good a pass receiver he is. Guys, we were just joking about how it was an exciting time at that point for Miami to get a stop on defense, the first one of the game, and then go down the field for 11 plays, 87 yards, 5 minutes, and 52 seconds of game clock. And Seth, Jimmy didn't sound too impressed by that there on that last touchdown pass there. Just a, a run-of-the-mill touchdown to Miles Gaston to get within 7 points of these Buccaneers, and then that's kind of where the wheels came off. But your, your drive of the game, though, 11 plays, 87 yards, almost 6 minutes of game clock. Pretty impressive work there from the Dolphins. I thought it was. That was look. We got a little excited here in the studio when we mm -hmm. saw that, right? And and again, we talked about earlier where they had an opportunity to close it to a one-score game at the end of the first half, and the strip sack kind of uh, and not kind of it ends that drive. But but they were making progress. I think that you know it's drives like those that probably are the reason why Jacoby Brissett says we're getting better. It, it's having that type of success. They you know, and then you come out. Tampa tries to do what you've seen Tom Brady do for 20-something years where they score at the end of the half, which they didn't do, and then they score again at the beginning of the next half, which they didn't do. Right. So you stop them. It wasn't a, it was at a three and out, and, and then you drive down the field and score, but then that's all she wrote. Yeah. So, again, I'm seeing it on Twitter. I don't know what people are saying out there in the streets, but I don't want to hear the offense being blamed for this law. Or let me say this. I don't want to hear the offense being blamed for the defense being out on the field too much because that was not the case today. Well, you know, the thing about it that you hate, man, you hate this. You know, you get that, like you said, Seth, you get that stop to start the second quarter, I mean, second half. We go down there on that nice drive, but then you turn around and you give up a long drive on the, on the defensive side. We've never been able to, to, to match that, you know, to, to get another stop in those situations. It seems like every time our offense does something like that, defense turns right around and gives back another score and then yet another score and then yet another score because now at that point the offense is going to three and out, you know, three and out, <laughs> five and out. You know, it, was, it got <laughs> – I mean, it was just pathetic towards the end there in terms of the offense. But at the same time, though, you would love to see when we're down 24-17 after we score that touchdown, our defense go out there and get another stop because of the way they played in that first series coming out of the second half. But, no, what they do, they give up a 13-play drive, 75 yards, almost seven minutes. And they had a third and 10 on that drive where Antonio Brown caught a 12-yard pass. So you were within one stop on third and 10 to having the football with a chance to tie the game there in that third quarter. And like we talked about, that's where the wheels came off and this thing just kind of got out of control very, very quickly. But there was a play on that the touchdown drive we're talking about here, a third and one from the Tampa Bay 17-yard line, where that's a spot where... You know, I think in the first four games of the season, you might just see Malcolm Brown kind of try to burrow his way for a first down. Maybe Jacoby Brissett takes a sneak or you find Waddle on a flat pattern. But that's not what happened here, Juice. And this is kind of the theme I was getting at earlier with regards to the offense being a little bit more aggressive and a little bit more up-tempo in a situation where you weren't up against, like, the clock, right? There was still plenty of time left in this game down by two scores. You didn't have to, like 
put your foot on the gas pedal and go balls to the wall. But on this particular play, third and one, they throw to the end zone and you get a pass interference on Preston Williams because the Bucks are selling out to stop the run. You get one-on-one coverage on the back end. You take those chances and good things happen, right, Jason? Yeah, absolutely, man. And I thought we had more opportunities to take advantage of a Richard Sherman who yes. seemed to be a little out of shape, not the same guy he was, you know, you know, back in back in Seattle. You know, I thought those opportunities were out there and just we didn't didn't take advantage of them. You know, and, I, and it's a lot easier when you got a team that can play their front four and, and apply pressure, but you get these one-on-one opportunities they have to be taken advantage of. But I do love the shot, Travis. I do love the shot that we took down the field there, um, giving Preston a chance. I thought we'd start off so well trying to get Preston involved early in the game and kind of kind of lost him a little bit, a little bit later in the game. And I thought that matchup was one that we should have exploited a lot more than we did, uh, you know, versus Richard Sherman today. He came back last week in his first game action and, you know, since was it the end of 2020? And he played 58 snaps in that game, and they had him back out there again today. And I thought last week he was just – his conditioning just wasn't there. How right. could it be? I, right. I, there's no way it could have been. So I, I agree with you. That might have been an area to target. But that was the Lexus drive of the game. Brought to you by your South Florida Lexus dealers who encourage you to see, hear, feel, and experience amazing. And I want to go back, guys, real quick to the Jacoby Brissett press conference there. And it wasn't necessarily something that Jacoby said, Seth, but somebody asked him about something mentioned during the CBS broadcast that I didn't hear. Maybe you did. I was too busy tweeting or writing something down. But they talked about the streamlining of the play calling for this Miami Dolphins coaching staff, which has been like state secrets, right? Like we're not going to tell you who's calling the plays right. or, or, or you know, whatever goes into that. And Flores has talked about the process of how they get the play called it down to Charlie Fry, and then he communicates it into the headset of Tua Tungavailoa. But they, they confirmed there from what the broadcast said that this time around it was George Godsey in the headset of Jacoby Brissett and not Charlie Fry. Big deal, no deal, something in between. What do you think about that? I'm probably kind of against the grain on this. I imagine people who think it's a big deal, they just want to know who's accountable, right? And and the most interesting part about it to me was Coach Flores said he wanted to streamline the process to get a couple of extra seconds there pre-snap mm-hmm. because they had some motions and other things worked in. So that, that I think, from a technical standpoint, from an X's and O's perspective, is interesting, Juice. But I'm of the opinion I really don't care who is calling the plays. I could care less. I care about the results. Right. You know, so if I don't like the play call, ultimately Coach Flores is accountable for for what happens there. Whatever coach he assigns that that responsibility, ultimately Coach Flores is gonna have to answer that if somebody's asking him the question. And when I say somebody, I mean the guy who signs his paycheck. So I don't care who's calling the plays, guys. I just want plays called that are going to give us an opportunity to put points on the board. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I used to tweet about this back in the training camp when Coach would get peppered with questions. Like, who cares? I just do not care. It doesn't matter. The results all that matters. And, Juice, I guess I want to go to you for this to kind of parlay off of that because I'm, I'm wondering – At some point as a player, when you get asked about a question or a theme that maybe seems tired, and I have to imagine this is, for for me it is, five games in, I'm I'm kind of over the whole play caller, you know, who the heck is talking to the quarterback. As a player or someone in the locker room, is it one of those things where, like, this could be a distraction that you nip in the bud and it's never an issue, but now because you haven't done that, you have to hear about it all week? Does it matter at all to you? No, it really doesn't. The only only guy, honestly, that it really matters to – is, is your quarterback. You know, is your quarterback, I do like the idea they streamline it. It didn't make any sense to go have a middleman when it comes to that because especially when you're up against the clock sometimes. So it should be coming from wherever the coordinator is that's calling the plays directly to the quarterback's headset. 
you know, especially if you got a bird's eye view of what's going on out there, which is probably which is the situation. So I, I you know, I, I like the fact that they they go directly in. For other players, though, for me, all I care about is the play that comes in. You know what I mean? <laughs> whether whether I'm <laughs> whether I'm the target or not, <laughs> or whether I'm be blocking or you know, what I mean that's that's what I think about. But for a quarterback. It's probably a lot of times where they might be up against the clock, try, trying to get the play called in the huddle. You know, knowing that you know that you know that, that, that's going through a, a different channel. So, uh, quarterbacks might have a problem with it. For me, as a wide receiver, probably other guys, if, if we don't give a damn. And, and I will say this: <laughs> I love that. What I care about is who you're throwing it to. But but I will say this, Travis. And again, I don't care. I really don't. I just want to see the result and, and hopefully a positive one. And if it's a negative one, then make a change. But if you don't want to be asked about it every week, exactly. and if you don't want your players to be asked about it, then you have you know then then share the information. The, so the buck so stops that's here, it. Right? Again, I, if you don't mind, if you don't care that you're going to have to answer the question or that people are going to question you or or think that it's a bad decision, and I've never heard about having two awesome offensive coordinators. If you don't mind that noise, then then handle it however you want. But if you do find it, pro- and I don't know, I don't know where they stand on it. But if you find it problematic and you're tired of answering the question, then then the best thing to do is just is to answer it and be forthcoming, and then they'll have to move on. And and they haven't intimated that they are at all bothered by it. That's just me no, kind of playing radio yeah. host and asking Juice a question because I got him here. Yeah. And why wouldn't you use the resource that is OJ McDuffie? And I'm going to go ahead and do that again here real quick because there's one more part of that answer that Seth you mentioned that I actually didn't have my notes so I appreciate you being so diligent over there with these press conferences you're kind of our go-to consigliere on all things Jacoby Brissett <laughs> and like press conferences title, Juice. <laughs> that's your move man <laughs> but I want to go back to Juice because you made a note there about how he said they wanted to speed things up in terms of if they had more motions built into the offense so my question is is that better for your offense and if it is why would you have a situ- a, 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 a system built in place that was hamstringing you to not right. be able to get to those motions into those calls. Like, were you prohib- prohibiting yourself from getting to all your offense because of that system? Yeah, and you know how important motion is. Motion is so important, you know, for, for especially for quarterbacks, but also for receivers. You know, motion is pretty much there to change the strength, obviously, but to see if they're in man or zone most of the time. That's what it's all about. It makes it and see what type of adjustments they're going to make to it. So. You want to put a bunch. Of, I see some teams with so many motions, shifts, motions, and things like that, trying to confuse guys. So if you're not confusing anybody, if we're not disguising anything, you know, offensively too, you, yeah, it's a problem. You are handcuffing your team when you aren't getting playing in time enough to get, you know, the motions in. But remember, we were talking about early in the season how, you know, this two coordinated thing is working because we're not getting delayed games and we're not, you know, all these things weren't happening. But at the same time, though, if we're just lining up and running the play because we're getting to play in at a certain time, you know, then that's hurting us too. You really have to have motions and shifts and make defenses think because that's the hardest part out there. When you got a bunch of stuff going on, you know, you, you, you're going to get a bust. Somebody's going to bust coverage. Somebody's going to bust an assignment. You know, somebody's going to miss something when you keep moving guys around, but you have to do it in a timely fashion. So eliminating the middleman and Coach Fry is a, reason, is, is a good way of doing that. But, yeah, I think um, – by not motioning, you're killing yourself, Travis. So, so it does two things. Then it, it indicates what it's like. Your little pre-snap brochure, right? Like your motion is going to tell me the defense all the information they're willing to give you based upon the way they shift to your motion is kind of the idea, right? But it also kind of can generate, like you mentioned, opportunities for busts because they might not communicate something right. They might not pass something yeah. off right. Like I, I was watching the Falcons game this morning, the London game, and they would have this these double Ys into one side of the formation. That's two tight ends to one side of the formation, and they would. Both 
both be in line and then one guy would stand up and move back and the other guy would come off and motion off a different direction. Like it was this very minuscule thing. It took time to get to obviously, but yeah. it has to accomplish something. Yeah, man. You, you might find that one or two guy on defense that sleeps in meetings. You know what I mean? And he's the I guy that you want, to, you want to take advantage of out there. And there are some of those guys. You hear a lot of communication from the secondary. You, know, you hear your free safety chirping stuff off, your linebacker making the adjustments. Sometimes it's just fluff, you know. But when you start moving around, you better make sure everybody's on the same page. Sometimes, you know, you might just line up and we're just playing cover three, you know, base cover three. You got a guy in a one, a three technique, two fives, and just go from there. But some, sometimes, though, when those adjustments come, you've made all these all these work and practice to adjust to that adjustment. Mm. Otherwise, you can get you can get schooled on it, you know. So, I mean, it's really more about confusion than anything. Just like we're talking about with our defense, all those guys standing up, moving around, they're trying to confuse. They're not trying to, and they're going to try to get there. But of all these eight guys are on the line of scrimmage. Which four or five are coming? And that's what you want to make sure you do to an offense, make them completely confused. It, it just seems like all the principles they had that made them successful a year ago, they're almost doing the converse of that right now. And I don't know if it's intentional or, or whatever the case may be, but, man, it's frustrating. It's hard to watch, and that's how you wind up on the losing side for four straight. Speaking of motion, Seth, that Kia keeps you in motion, doesn't it? It does. It, it better get me home today. <laughs> it will. Seth gets up for the Kia read. Get your new Kia with Gunther Plus. I got it from Gunther, Gunther Kia. Kia. That's where I got my car. Got to love it. Or online at GuntherKia.com. For car buying done your way, you got to get to Gunther. Again, the final score here from Tampa Bay, Dolphins 17, Buccaneers 45. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. This is the Miami Dolphins radio network. Dolphins games always play here in Miami. AM 560, FM 99.9, HD2, The Joe, WQAM. Check out South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination with world-class shows at Hard Rock Live, award-winning dining at Suppresso and Council Oak, and much, much more only at Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood. We're going to talk about the Week 6 game in London against the Jacksonville Jaguars here in just one second. But first, let's go ahead and get to the out-of-town scoreboard for Week Number 5 across the National Football League. Cue up that music. Let's get to these scores here. And it began on Thursday night in Seattle, where Russell Wilson's 149-game star streak will come to an end as he injured his finger and will miss six to eight weeks. And the Rams get the victory as well, 26-17 over the Seahawks. The Falcons beat the Jets in London, 27-20 this morning. Green Bay wins in overtime. A bunch of missed field goals in that one, but they've pulled off in the end. 25-22 over the Cincinnati Bengals. The Vikings top the Lions 19-17. Detroit falls to 0-5 on the season. The Steelers hand the Broncos their second straight loss with a 27-19 victory over Drew Locke and the Broncos. The Saints get to 3-2 with a 33-22 win over the Washington football team. And the Eagles take down the Panthers 21-18. Titans win in Jacksonville 37-19. And the Patriots top the Houston Texans barely 25-22 in Houston. Current scores right now in the league. Dolphins, of course, dropped to 45-17 to Tampa Bay. The Bears are winning right now in Las Vegas, 14-3 that in the third quarter. The Browns up on the Chargers by two touchdowns mid-third quarter, 27-13. The Cowboys up on the Giants at halftime, 17-10. And the Cardinals up on Trey Lance and the 49ers, 10-zip at halftime. So, guys, you heard it right there. Jacksonville loses their fifth straight game. They are one of, I believe, two teams winless on the season at 0-5, them and the Detroit Lions. They fall 37-19 to Tennessee. And we saw that game on Thursday night last week against the Cincinnati Bengals. And then Jacksonville had a whole mess of issues over the last week, and they go and lose this one to Tennessee. But their next opponent is us, 
the Miami Dolphins, who are off a losing streak of our own. So, London, you're getting the 1-4 and four <laughs> Miami Dolphins and the 0-5 Jacksonville Jaguars. They've sold out already, haven't they? Yeah. Oh, of course. They, okay. they do such a good job over there of, of getting fans in the stands. I, I, one of my favorite things is watching all the different team jerseys, even though yeah. they're not playing the game. And they're going crazy. They're cheering for, for different touchdowns and, and field goals. and They love the for field goals. For the love goals. of the game, just love. like Jacoby said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How yeah. can you not be romantic It is a beautiful thing, though, over there in London, man. You know, you go over there, they almost make it like an NFL experience every week, you know, with all the different things that they actually do at a Super Bowl. You know, they have that type of like, a, a, I think it's at Hyde Park is where we were last year when I, well, last time I went there um, to, to with the Dolphins. And it's, it's really cool for the fans. And they, they do love it, man. It's, it's a great atmosphere. It's loud. It's entertaining. You know, and hopefully the game is entertaining for, you know, for those, for the fans. But look, let's just be real about this. A change of venue is nice, but we're playing against Jacksonville, so change of venue and Jacksonville should be should equal <laughs> dub for us. It 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 better it has Deuce, to. right? It better it, has it to. better equal dub for us. But like these players can't think that way, no. can they? Juice they need yeah. to prepare like they're playing against Tom Brady and the defending Super Bowl champions, don't they? Or you or you will get nicked. You will get beat if you if you're not ready for a team like Jacksonville. I mean, look at me. Jacksonville got beat today by Tennessee. They they ran for almost 200 yards today. You know, so we got to worry about that. And James Robinson, you know, Boys Trevor love. Lawrence is he's he's going to be the truth. Right. Don't let him start being the truth against us. You know, I mean, exactly. he had a heck of a day too, 273 yards passing. So it's not going to be a cakewalk. Obviously, Tennessee went with their you know their their Derrick Henry way of doing things and running <laughs> down their throats. You know, and that's 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 always been a you know way of succeeding. But at the same time, though, man, you can't sleep on anybody in this league, especially a team like I mean, he's, they're they're cornered. 0-5, like we're sitting 1-4, and four. They're, they're a desperate team as well. And so they get you paid be, too, right? Yeah, damn right they do. They're damn right they get paid. And I actually want to go to you on this again, Juice, because I this brings up an interesting thought that I had. Uh, I mean, it just kind of came to me. But uh, the podcast last year on Drive Time, we had Kyle Van Noy on the podcast, and I talked to him about – I think they were coming off of a four- or five-game winning streak at some point, and he came on the podcast, and I asked him what was it that turned this this season around because you'll recall last year they were one and three and they wind up finishing the season nine and three and obviously get on the doorstep of the playoffs there and Kyle said that the trip to San Francisco where they had an extra day to kind of hang out together mm-hmm. a long flight over there he said that really galvanized the team so maybe going to London can do the same thing have you ever had an experience like that in your playing time where a long trip kind of brought the team together now you know what it's it's really weird because we never ever went out early. It seemed like there was maybe one time with Jimmy we might have gone out early, but for the most part, man, Shula, you know, we, we never went, even, even the West Coast trip, we still went on that Saturday, if it might be Saturday morning instead of Saturday afternoon. So you really got there, you ate, you walked through, you played, you got back on a plane, so you didn't really get a chance to, to do that. One of the times where you might have galvanized your teams when you're doing some of the, you know, and during training camp, when you're working together with each other against other teams. Like we went out to San Diego, and I spent a lot more time with Danny than I ever did. You know, was actually with, with Junior Seau, which was nice because he was the king out there. Is that when you and John Bach and Junior and Danny that's, went that, out? That's what he said. Yeah, he was he was our plus one on that one. Yeah, but I don't I don't recall I don't recall sixty being there. But hey, if he was there, he was there. Said he was there. Yeah, if he was there, he was there. You know, but there are opportunities for these guys, and I wish like I wish you know I don't know what our offensive line does you know during the week, but I know the DBs hung out all the time, Seth. You know, and I and it worked for them. That's that galvanizes that secondary, like you're talking about. Offensive line, they should really hang out a lot more together. You know, 
it's going to make them want to fight and scratch and claw for each other a little bit more, you know? So I, I hope that this works in our favor. This trip works in our favor where they get out there a little bit early. I think the last time that we kind of went almost like it was just a regular road game. I don't think they were out there very long. Uh, I remember before teams used to be out there for like a Super Bowl week. But I think that this could be an opportunity for us to turn the page. With basically, that's what I means the first quarter season's over. It's time to move on, and uh, and I think London can be the the answer versus Jacksonville. But like we said, Travis, like you said, they get paid too, so be ready. Well, look at last year. We talked about prior to this game. Hey, this is the same place that we found ourselves last year. The team was one and three, and then they got hot, and so on and so forth. Well, the reality is. At one and three, they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. So last year, they beat Jacksonville, and we saw Fitz come out with the shirt open and the <laughs> hair and the whole thing. Times. And beating Jacksonville while they lost to Seattle next week in, in a close game, I think they won. Beating Jacksonville was the beginning of winning eight out of ten. So that, you know, London, whatever, I don't care, long trip, bonding. My hope is that this team can get a W and that it does propel them to getting on a streak where they start winning a significant amount of games because they need to. And here's the other thing I want to say about London. You talked about the podcast. I don't know about you, Travis, with Drive Time. When Juice and I go look at the metrics, outside of uh, this great listenership we have for the fish tank in the States, there's no country on this earth that listens to the fish tank more than London, other right, than the other United, United States. States yeah. How, how's your London listenership? Oh, the U.K. is a phenomenal football country. Yeah. It's the best. I mean, they, they are, to, just to, to put it how they have to, to even be fans of the game, the Sunday night game starts at like two o'clock in the morning for them. So if you want to watch primetime football, you basically don't sleep. And it's basically Monday morning football, Tuesday morning football, and Friday morning football, not the typical Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night that we've become used to here in the United States. So those guys are diehard football fans over there, and it shows by the fact that they can sell out Jets and Falcons and, and for sure Dolphins and Jaguars next week. Let's go ahead and pause 10 seconds so our stations can identify themselves. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. WQAM Miami, WPOWHD2 Miami, WKISHD2 Boca Raton, home of the Miami Dolphins. Powered by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. And Odyssey Station. Well, Seth can't wait to get in his Kia and get the heck out of here, but get to your Kia, get your new Kia with Gunther Plus at Gunther Kia or online at GuntherKia.com for car buying done your way. You got to get to Gunther again. The final score, Buccaneers 45, Dolphins 17. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. This is the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. You're listening to the Dolphins on the Joe WQAM with Joe Rose and Zach Krantz weekday mornings from 6 to 10. From the electricity in the stadium to the highlight reel plays, there's nothing quite like Dolphins football. And this season, you can be there live to cheer them on. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster has you covered with the largest selection of seats for any budget. Get off the couch and into the stands. Grab your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com slash Dolphins. Well, today there was nothing quite like Buccaneers football, who had 33 first downs to Miami 17, 8 for 11 on third downs compared to Miami's 2 for 7, four, uh, rather 558 total yards to 301 total oh. yards and a 45-17 thrashing in the battle for Florida. It goes to the guys from Central Florida there in Tampa Bay. And, I mean, we can belabor the point, guys, but we're still on the kind of Jacksonville here, I think. Right, Juice? I yep. mean, we're on the we, Jacksonville. one thing we talked about here a little uh-huh. bit was – Second hour, Big Seth, and last part of second hour. It took a little bit of time, but (laughs) here we are. But one thing I guess we can discuss here before we get out of here, just a few minutes, Juice, is I'm just curious, for for people out there that don't know, 
How difficult is it to play a football game when your body clock is still waking up at like 9.30 a.m.? Because next week Miami's going to play a game that starts at 9.30 Eastern time. And traveling on Thursday with the practice Friday, then an off day Saturday, I have to imagine they're going to stay on the same routine, same schedule. How tough is that? Yeah, it's going to be tough on them. You know, I've never obviously made that trip to play a game. Uh, I've just made that trip, you know, just to kick it on on occasion. But, you know, (laughs) we've seen some of the, uh, you know, some of the West Coast teams have that same issue when they come over here and play a 1 o'clock game you know, when their bodies used to that being 10 a.m. Um, but you know what you think, I was thinking about that, Travis, when we're talking about it, it's kind of like when training camp. You know, when training camp, you have those morning practices. It's hard to get fired up and get going for them. But Jacksonville's on the same clock we're on, body-wise, you know, body clock that we're on. I don't know when they're going over or whatever. So everybody's got to get up and take a couple hits to wake up maybe. But they'll be fine. They'll be fine, man, because it'll be – what time of day is that over there? Five or so, 5 30 Five hours ahead, yeah. Five so hours ahead. 2.30? 2.30, 3. They'll be okay. They'll be okay. They'll, they'll be – they'll adjust by then, and they'll be ready to go. It wouldn't be a post-game show without me bringing up some type of baseball from my past, and it reminds me of those traveling tournament <laughs> teams. Softball or baseball? Up. Yeah, baseball. Softball eight, or baseball? 8 a.m., the dew is still on the grass, and you got to go face a kid that's throwing low 90s. That was always my least favorite thing to do. But uh, it, you know, football is a different story as well. And speaking of football, we have the Drive Time podcast coming up for you guys later on Sunday evening, as well as the rest of the week, five days a week, we have the show. The Tuesday show is the film review, my favorite one of the entire week, where I break down the All-22 and tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly from the week that was of Miami Dolphins football. We also have the Fish Tank podcast on the Miami Dolphins podcast network. Jason Jackson last week I thought was a great guest. A little bit off your guys' normal routine, but I thought sure. was fantastic. Thank What's you. coming up this week, Seth? Yeah, Jackson was a lot of fun, but we are going back to the on-the-field guys, and not just on the field, but OJ's guy, Irving Fryer. Oh, we got to go back to the receiver position to right the wrongs here this season. <laughs> and uh, Irving was really impressive uh, just his story, Juice, his story. And, and yeah. number one overall pick, uh, went through some real low points in his life, was living like a wild man and turned it all around and uh, had some great seasons here in South Florida. Irving was, he did the drive time podcast a while back on a flashback. And I talked to him about a game where I would watch the game and then kind of write some notes and talk about the tape and ask the player. And it was always a lot of fun. And I said on this touchdown throw, it was the 94 opener, which of mm-hmm. course you guys remember that one. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I said, they gave you the outside release and he cut me off mid sentence and goes, Travis, I took the release. They didn't give me <laughs> you know anything. I took it. And I was like, you, you got it. Irv. I, I know you did. That's, that's exactly what happened. So don't miss that on the fish tank podcast with Seth Levitt, OJ McDuffie, my two co host here on the post-game show. Also, thanks to our executive producer and booth producer, Alejandro Solana, our studio producers, Robert Grieper and Matthew Wilson. Our radio booth engineer was Stephen J. Gray for OJ McDuffie and Seth Levitt. I am Travis Wingfield. The final score of today's game was Buccaneers 45, Dolphins 17. Dolphins football will be back on the air next Sunday for week six. The Dolphins will be in London to face the Jacksonville Jaguars. Kickoff is at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Again, kickoff from London, 9.30. So get your coffee ready for football next Sunday in the morning. This has been the Miami Dolphins postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.